Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, last summer, the house right next door to us actually was listed for sale. It was uh, owned by this owner who was renting it out. And during his years of renting it out, he, he kind of neglected some uh, needed repairs. And uh, the young couple that uh, closed on the house, they knew that it was a fixer-upper. They, they needed to do some work on it. But they're like, we're handy. We can do this our own. And they start doing some of the projects. And they realize, oh, there's more projects that we need to do. But they said in their own words, they're stubborn. They're going to keep doing it more throughout the year. And so over the last uh, several months, I've seen them rip off. Off the roof and replace the roof on their own. Then they realized the windows were leaking, and so they replaced the windows all on their own. And they're like, we're going after this. But then they discovered some water damage in the drywall right next, you know, in there. And so they're like, okay, we're going to rip out the drywall and, and, and redo that. And then over the summer, starting on the 4th of July, I saw them rip off the two layers of wood siding on their garage and their house, and they're starting to replace that all on their own. And they have me for a neighbor, where I, I can only offer helps of like, hey guys, I can bring you a drink, or maybe I can hold something for you. Uh, but I I can't do a whole lot, but they're just continuing to persevere to move and work on this house. And every day when I drive home and I see that house, I just start thinking, hey, this is the right picture for us as we're going through the series called Permission uh, to Deconstruct. And we're not talking about deconstructing houses, although um, I'm sure my neighbors would gladly accept your help because you're automatically an upgrade over me, you know, as the neighbor to come alongside and help them. Uh, But what we're talking about is destructing um, our faith. And we're giving ourselves permission to deconstruct our faith because so many are going through this right now, or maybe you know someone who's going through uh, this right now. And here's what we mean by deconstruction of when it comes to our faith. Deconstruction is the process of examining, questioning, and sometimes even rejecting your faith. And we know a lot of us, we have significant questions or obstacles or experiences that have come in our life. And because they've come into our life, uh, it's caused us to think about walking away or staying away from Jesus. We aren't sure what to do with those questions. And what we're seeing is that it's actually healthy. It's actually a good thing to wrestle with those questions and to wrestle with those experiences. Because when it comes to our faith, we, we have to wrestle with it. Otherwise, it's not going to be a faith worth keeping. In fact, there was a very helpful phrase that we used to help kick off the series. And this phrase came to us from Andy Stanley, a pastor out in Atlanta, where he says, a faith that can't be questioned can't be trusted. And so we're going there with the questions that so many of us have, but we're not deconstructing just for deconstruction's sake. I mean, we we just don't want to leave it in a mess. I mean, just like my neighbors, they weren't just going to peel off the roof and let the holes just be up there on the top of their house. They had to go ahead and put the new roof back on. What we're doing when it comes to deconstruction is we want to carry it through completion. And what we discover is that when we deconstruct in a healthy way and we reconstruct, it can lead to a faith that is healthy and vibrant and alive. In fact, our, our goal throughout the series is this, is that deconstruction doesn't have to derail your faith. 
it can actually deepen it. And so what we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've been looking at several of these big questions or big issues that for many of us have caused us or those around us to go on this journey of deconstruction so that we can deepen our faith. And we've been hearing from so many of you already that this has been such a helpful series for you as you've been going through this process. And if you're new with us um, or if you missed any of the previous weeks, I want you to know we are so glad that you are here And you don't have to miss out on the previous weeks. You can actually catch up by going on our YouTube channel, or if you podcast, you can listen to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. But don't stop there. My bet is is that you know someone who is going through this process of deconstruction as well. And so here's what you can do. You can actually share those links with them and help them go on this journey with you as well. It's going to be really helpful for them. Now here's where we're going to go today. We're going to look at one other really, really big obstacle that we hear from many that is causing them to deconstruct uh, their faith. In fact, as a pastor, this is by far the number one reason that I've heard over the last several years when I've talked to people about why they've gone through this process of deconstruction. And it's looked different for for every one of them, but, but what this issue is, it's related to church hurt. And and I know that for many uh, right now, we have experienced personally some level of church hurt, or we've known someone who has experienced some type of church hurt, and it's just caused them to go on this path towards deconstruction. And there are many ways that we can define what church hurt means, but here's what we're going to use throughout today just to help us just ground in a definition of what church hurt is. And that uh, definition is that it's emotional, spiritual, or physical harm that's caused by a church to others, and here's the key, regardless of intent. And so this could be intentional hurt or maybe even unintentional hurt. And by a church, this could be done by a leader of the church or by anyone associated uh, with the church. But what we see is that there has been some type of church hurt that has caused someone to say or caused you say, yeah, I'm going to deconstruct my faith or maybe even consider walking away from faith all uh, together. And what we're seeing in our country today is that church hurt is reaching almost near epidemic levels. In fact, um, earlier this year, there was this uh, report released uh, from, from Barna Research Group, which Barna is this leading research group that studies faith and culture and how it all intersects together. And uh, they released this fascinating report on deconstruction. And, and here's what they said um, in this study. They discovered this about Americans and Americans from um, all different walks of faith. Uh, so all across the faith spectrum, followers of Jesus to those who, who don't follow Jesus or, or believe in Jesus. What we saw from them is that in total, 71% of Americans actually have a positive view of Jesus. That they would look at Jesus and they would say, yeah, you know, I'd be interested in learning more about his teachings. Um, I I, I have a fairly good outlook on him. Maybe I'd be learning more about what it means to follow him um, or receive the hope of Jesus. And so there's overwhelmingly this positive view of who Jesus is. But then in that same report, when those same people were asked about followers of Jesus— The view on them was not so positive. In fact, this just came out in May. What they said, all Americans that were surveyed, 48% of them said Christians uh, were hypocritical. And then 48% of them also said Americans uh, called those Christians judgmental. 
meaning their view of Christians is not very high. And this is important for us as followers of Jesus to realize. In fact, a, a couple years ago, our lead pastor, Mark, actually did this great message in a series called uh, Hot Topics. And we put this message on our resource page for the series where he addressed these very things that as followers of Jesus, this is what we're known for and how we can overcome those. And if you're a follower of Jesus, I really want to encourage you to go on our resource page and watch that because we could be contributing to people's uh, uh, church hurt and we don't even know about it. And we don't even realize that, that we are doing it. But it's so important to realize and be aware of this because ultimately when it comes to this report that Barna released, they came down to this bottom line. And they said, here's the big idea that we were seeing. The number one reason that those outside of the church are doubting Christian belief today is because of the quote, hypocrisy of religious people. Or in other words, the church hurt that we're facing. And when I read this, uh, there was an analogy that came to my mind and I started thinking of it like this. And that was, you know, most of us, you know, that are here today or watching online today, most of us who are adults are open to the idea of driving a car. Like, like we enjoy driving. We want to get around. You know, we like the independence to take us there. If you're a teenager and you get your driver's license, it's like this newfound sense of freedom until you get that first insurance bill. And then you're like, okay, you know, that's gone. But you know, most of us, we are open to the idea of driving. We like driving. And even though we're all open to the idea of driving, I've never heard anyone say to me, hey, you know what would be a really good place to go to? You know where I, we'd want to go that you're going to be feeling so welcome, a place that is so friendly, just an environment that everyone wants to hang out and be at. Let's go to the DMV. Never have heard anyone say, hey, you know, let's go there. It's such a great, warm, welcoming place just to be at. Now, if you work at the DMV, I'm, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, most people's experience is like, I just don't want to go there. It's not a friendly place. It's not a great experience to go to. And it's like we're open to the idea of driving. We want to drive and have the freedom to drive. But the last place we want to go and hang out at is the place that can help us legally drive. And it's kind of the same picture when it comes to following Jesus today. Most Americans, when surveyed, would say, yeah, I'm open to Jesus. I like Jesus. I'd be interested in hearing more about his teachings. But when it comes to followers of Jesus, ugh, I'm just not so sure if I want to be around them because of the church hurt that I've experienced. And they're deconstructing or they're staying away from Jesus as a result of that. And honestly, I get it. Because I've gone through my rounds of church hurt as well. And, and I've been there right there with so many of you. In fact, my first round of dealing with this was in my early 20s uh, when um, I, I actually became a follower of Jesus in my teenage years at this uh, church. And I, I was taking steps to follow him. And then I was exploring a call about what it means to be a pastor. And I interned under one of the pastors that was at this church, had a really good experience interning there. And then what happened a few years later when I started being on staff at a different church, it came out that this person I interned under had to suddenly resign. And some information started spilling out that there were some students who were mistreated by the adults underneath his leadership um, over the time there. And, and it just caused this huge rift in this church and the student ministry that I was a part of, that I followed Jesus at. And, and it was just starting to create this deep division and there was these arguments. In fact, some, some church leaders told a number of people there, they said, you, you can't talk to this certain group of people. You can't be around this group of people because of what happened. And that created this even more division. And then friends and adults and people who invested in me and helped me find Jesus actually walked away from the church and left that all together. They, they started deconstructing their faith. For many of them, it took years to be healed and some, they still aren't. 
And I'm watching all of this happen and I'm starting to question things myself. I'm like, these people led me to follow Jesus. They taught me how to become a pastor and they're going through this. Is what I believe and what I built my faith on, is that on shaky ground? Like, like, like did that really matter and did that really count? And I wasn't sure what to do with that for, for, for some time. And it, it had, I had to go through a process of healing through that. But then when you fast forward a few more years and I'm on staff here at the Ridge and I had the opportunity to grow as a leader. And, you know, one of the things that we value uh, as a staff is to continue to grow. We say leaders are learners. And so we're looking at other churches and other places that we can be uh, influenced so that we can continue to grow. And I'm looking at some other churches throughout the nation that are just reaching people and just helping people experience the hope of Jesus. And there's a couple leaders that I really start looking up to, start look, listening to their podcasts, reading their books. I'm going to their conferences. And although I didn't know them personally, there were two leaders that I really looked up to that in a span of six weeks, both got fired from, from their large um, uh, ministries that they were a part of for years. And one came out that there was sexual misconduct for a, no, a couple decades and then another one, it came out that there was hidden alcohol abuse that was going on for a long period of time. And they both had to leave and, and the churches just didn't know how to handle that and deal with that. And I didn't know what to do with that. I was like, these are leaders I'm looking up to and they all seem to have these failings going on, which does that mean, is that gonna happen to me someday? I really don't want that to happen. Or, you know, what, what, what does that mean with any leader that I trust? And it started leading to these questions again of, what do I do about this? And how do I handle this? And do I want to continue to go down this road of following Jesus and being a part of the church that I'm on? And I talk to so many people time and time again that are dealing with their own stories and their own hurt and their, their experience and their questions. And they're wondering, what do I do about this church hurt? And I, I get the natural tendency that, that comes right out of the gate. And that tendency is to I'm just going to take a step and I'm just going to leave that all together because what I experienced was all too painful. And my biggest fear for, for that for any of us is that when we give into that temptation just to leave and walk away from the church altogether, is that it leads us to a place of isolation. And isolation, uh, it doesn't heal us. What isolation does is it just leaves us still hurt and in pain and all alone. And when we're alone and in hurt and pain, we become these prime targets for the enemy to go after us and to take advantage of us. Uh, one of Jesus' closest friends, uh, Peter, he actually uh, talked about the enemy going after us uh, like this. And he said, you know, your enemy, the devil, actually prowls around like a roaring lion who is just looking for someone to devour. And if you've ever watched a lion hunt before, lions, they try to hunt the one that is alone and isolated. You know, they try to find that injured or sick animal that is away from its herd or its pack or um, another group of animals because they know that another group, animals that are together, are more likely to protect one another. But an isolated person, one who is alone, is easier to take out. And I was thinking about those who I've talked to who have left the church due to their church hurt. And unfortunately, every single time that I've talked to them, their life has never gotten better after they've left. I've never talked to someone who left the church after their church hurt that said, hey, you know what? My faith is now flourishing. I'm really experiencing Jesus at this whole new level right now. Instead, sadly, what I hear often are stories of, yeah, I was in this marriage and now the marriage ended. The relationship's over. 
my kids and now there's issues uh, with them and I don't know what to do about that or now we're experiencing some alcohol or drug abuse or this other situation has come out and what happened is that they found that it hasn't gotten better when they've walked away due to their church hurt and and, and I, I, I get that natural tendency and I've, I've felt that temptation to leave. And you might be thinking, hey, Tyler's going to be the pastor that's going to try to tell us not to leave and convince us because that's what the pastor's supposed to do. And, and, and I would get if that's a question or a statement that comes through your mind. But, but I don't want that hurt and that pain and that worst life for you. And God doesn't want that for you. And so what I want to share with you today is just some insights and, and helpful experiences uh, that others have shared with me while I was dealing with my church hurt that hopefully will lead you on a journey uh, to begin the process of healing uh, for, from your church hurt. And I just want to start by acknowledging that I'm so sorry that the church hurt exists. And if there's ever been anything that I have done personally or that this church has done, or the church at large has done to you to cause some sort of hurt or pain, I want you to know I'm so sorry that happened. Because we didn't represent Jesus the way that Jesus should have been represented to you. And I know that that hurt and that pain is real. And what I want to do is just invite you just to take the first steps. We won't be completely healed in our time together today. But I want you to take those first steps just to move towards healing. And I want to share some insights that have been helpful with me for me as I've dealt with my church hurt that I hope and pray would be helpful for you as well. And so the first insight that, that I want to remind all of us for, and this might feel obvious at first, but it's so helpful for us just to just get on this playing field. And that is we're going to recognize that all people are messy. That every single person that we come across, they are all broken and are dealing with something. Every single person that you meet, whether they're a church person, a follower of Jesus or not, whether they're a leader or they're being led by someone, there is some level of brokenness and mess that, that is inside of them. Because that, that, that's why we all need Jesus. There, there's all something uh, that, that we are all dealing with. In fact, uh, we know this about people. Every single person has weird habits has issues and has something going on in their life that they're like, oh, I just wish I could, could, could have that be fixed to me. And, and that's true of anyone who is in the church or not. In fact, I have brokenness and weird habits um, that's going on inside of me. If my, if my wife and kids were here right now, and if we gave them the opportunity to come on stage, they would take up the whole day uh, just sharing about all of my brokenness and all of my shortcomings. And, and one that I've just been reminded of over the last few weeks, and I'm not proud of this at all, is I've been reminded of how impatient I am. I mean, I am just so impatient, and especially when it comes to my kids, and when they aren't moving at the speed that I want them to move, whether it's to get out the doors at school or, or to a game or whatnot, I just get really short and rude, and it ends up causing some of my kids to cry. My wife gets mad at me. I find myself, I have to apologize to my kids and my adults more often than I would like because I have that brokenness inside of me, and we all do. All people are broken. In fact, I don't know where this quote originated, but I love it. And that is, the church is a hospital for sinners. It's not a museum for saints. And if you've ever wondered, hey, should I be a part of a church because I don't have it all together? Well, that's the very reason why you want to be a part of a church, because no one has it all together. In fact, Jesus, he even uh, describes it like this about his purpose of why he came. Jesus uh, tell the, told this crowd, he said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but rather, it's the sick. He says, I have not come to call the righteous, but rather I have called to call the sinners to repentance. And repentance just means turning back to him and to have a restored relationship 
with him. And, and, and here's what this means, and here's what we have to keep in mind. And maybe, maybe we haven't thought about this before, but whenever we look at a gathering of people, whenever we look at a church, we have to keep in mind that it is a collection of a, of a, a bunch of people who are a bunch of moral mess-ups. I mean, all of us, all together, we are all broken. If we were to look at our church all together, and you throw me at the top of the list, I mean, we have a bunch of sin going on inside of us. I mean, we have the sins of pride, greed, pornography, affairs. We, we've had sins of alcohol abuse and drug abuse and, and times where we did not love the, those around us and we did not love the least of those around us. And I'm just scratching the surface here. I mean, we all are broken, but here's what happens. When we come together and we turn back to Jesus, like Jesus called us, he takes us on this process to be transformed, to become more like him. But that's the first insight that we have to keep in mind that all of us, you, me, and everyone around and everyone watching online, we are all broken, which then leads to the second insight when it comes to our church hurt. And that is the church didn't hurt you. People did. And I'm not saying this to minimize your pain because I know your pain is very, very real. But what I want to do is I want us to just look back at the source of our pain and, and, and look back at, at who caused that pain for us. My bet is, is one person or maybe a couple people or maybe a group of people, but it wasn't the church at large. And psychologists, they often refer to this term called overgeneralization. And this can happen in any area of life where we experience something with a few people and then we just project that and generalize that on a large group of people. And it's a natural thing that, that we can do. And for many of us, this is what we do with our church hurt. We have this experience and we project it on the entire church at large. And I was first uh, exposed to this idea. It was so helpful for me when I was listening to a podcast uh, that was featuring uh, Steve Carter. And Steve Carter was at the time uh, going to be the next lead teaching pastor at Willow Creek Community Church in Illinois. And uh, Willow Creek Church um, actually for, for many, many years was uh, just known as this really great influential church that had this great love for, for those who weren't following Jesus and they wanted to help them find Jesus. And it was led and started by Bill Hybels, uh, who, who uh, actually just led the charge for many, many leaders, influenced this church, influenced many of us as leaders to help many people experience uh, the, the love of Jesus. And, and this church was being used by God to reach many people and to serve the community uh, that they were at in Illinois. But um, it came towards the end of Bill's uh, career that he, there was some sexual misconduct that was happening for several years, and, and some people tried to cover it up, and many women were just very horribly mistreated and abused, and, and it was just not right. And Steve uh, discovered this as he was going to be the next lead teaching pastor there, and he said, this is not right for me to part, be a part of this, and he just resigned from his job. It cost him his career and his reputation, at the time, and he went through this process of being healed and ended up serving at a different church. And he was being asked, why did you like go back to the church after you experienced that type of hurt? And he said, you know, that's a really good question. And he said, I thought deep and long and hard about it. And here's what I realized about my experience. It's like, overall, I love the church. The church did incredible things. The church made a difference in so many people. When it came to my hurt, and my experience, I counted it up. He said it was about five people that caused that significant hurt and that significant pain. And yeah, I had to go through the process of healing and forgiving them and, and going through that. But he's like, I still believe in the power of the local church. I believe in the potential of the local church because this is what Jesus gave us. And that leads to the third insight. And that comes to, to when it comes to the local church, 
we see that Jesus actually established the church. It was his idea. In fact, last week, uh, we looked at this passage where Jesus asked his closest followers, and he said, well, who do people say I am? And they said, we think you are the Savior, the, the one that's sent by God to restore people uh, back uh, to be, have a restored relationship with him. And, and, uh, and Jesus said to them, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You bingo. You got who I am. And then he followed up the statement with this. He said, it's on this truth, on this rock, that I am going to build my church. And so he's building this idea off this truth that Jesus came to restore people back to God. And he says, we are going to have the church as a result of this. And by church, he's not talking about a building or a gathering of people to come into a building and, and experience just a service like this. He's talking about a movement of people who are committed to following him and his teachings and to taking his love and his hope and sharing it with the world around him. That's what he says he's come to, to establish, this movement of people sharing his love uh, with those around him. And, and for those of us who would say, yeah, you know what? I can follow Jesus, but I don't need to be a part of a church. Jesus would lovingly disagree because the church was Jesus's idea. It's what he established. It's the movement that he had a vision for. And the vision is actually best explained, I think, uh, found in, within the early church. And when we read about the early church, especially in Acts chapter 2, we see how the early followers of Jesus started this movement. And we read about these practices that they engaged in, where they devoted themselves to, the following, to uh, Jesus' teachings. Uh, they actually uh, uh, spent time and lived in community together. Uh, they served others in need. They gave generously of themselves. And as a result of that, what we read about them is that they experienced this really, really cool uh, blessing. In fact, this is our hope and our prayer and our vision as a church that we would experience this um, in Wisconsin today. And, and, and that is uh, that they were praising God. This is the early church, and they enjoyed the favor of all the people. I mean, they didn't have 48% of, of the people in their community saying, hey, they're hypocritical and they're judgmental. No, they appreciated them being a part of their community. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Every single day, someone was so moved by what God was doing through the church, and they said, I need to be a part of that. And they put their hope in Jesus, and they received a new life in him because of their experience uh, with the church. And a couple of months ago, uh, we were actually celebrating some baptisms at a local uh, um, house in, in their backyard pool. And it was so cool because we, we had a handful of people that, that were getting baptized. They invited their friends and their family members, and we brought everyone in this backyard. And they started sharing these stories about what God was doing in them before they actually got baptized, which baptism is the symbol of what it means to follow Jesus. And, and right before they got baptized, we would hear someone say, you know, God used the local church to heal me from my mental health and, and to free me from my anxiety. And they would get baptized. And then we'd hear someone else say, you know, God used the local church and, and, and he actually uh, freed me from my addiction to alcohol and to drugs. And he'd get baptized. And this other person would come in and say, God used this local church um, to actually bring and heal my family back together. And they would get baptized. It was this huge party, huge celebration. It was a really incredible and great day. And when I was driving home, I was thinking, that's it. This is exactly what God has called us to do. And if we experience this every day, I mean, watch out. Like, like the, our community would be transformed by the hope of Jesus because this is what Jesus set in motion. This is what it means to be a part of the church. And since Jesus set this in motion, it leads to this final insight. And if you're dealing with the pain and the hurt that has come in the past from church hurt, 
This might feel like the most counterintuitive insight, but I really want to encourage you, just lean in on this one and see how God can do this. Because this insight is this, is that Jesus, he brings healing through the church. And I know the tendency, especially when it comes to, to church hurt and the pain that we're feeling, that tendency is just to step away and say, yeah, I don't need to have a part of that. I don't need to deal with that. But what Jesus does and how Jesus can bring healing to you and to me, to our church hurt, how we can experience this rebuilding, this reconstruction of our faith, is by actually leaning into the church. The author of Hebrews, he, he, he writes about it like this, and, and what we read is, uh, this encouragement to let us consider how we may spur one another on. And this idea of spur is like lovingly coach. Like we're going to be here for one another where we are going to encourage one another on. We're going to hold each other accountable in a loving way. And we're going to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So that those around us, they don't see us as hypocritical or judgmental. They see us as loving and we're adding value to our community not giving up meeting together. So we don't go and isolate ourselves from one another. We, we come together and we do that so that we can encourage one another. Literally, encourage means we're going to give courage to one another. That if you're lacking courage right now, the other person is here to give courage to that other person. And this is how Jesus brings healing to us. I think of it like this way. If you interlace your fingers, which I'd encourage you right now to do that, just kind of interlace your fingers together in front of you online, you can do the same thing. You know that when you're interlacing your fingers together, and it, it, it's hard to pull them apart. Like they're just stronger when you're, when you're covering one another together. And this is this idea, this picture, this image of what it means to be a part of the church, that we can cover one another. We can protect one another. We can help one another heal when we are together and we're leaning in together. And this happens in an environment where we can be transparent with one another, vulnerable with one another. We can encourage one another. We can lovingly coach and get to know one another. That when my faith is weak, I can lean into your faith and be healed. And when your faith is weak, you can lean into my faith and you can be healed as well. And this is how Jesus brings this type of healing through the local church. Now, I have to be clear about a couple things. For some of us, the hurt and the pain that we felt uh, from, from those people is very, very real. And what that may mean for you, what it like, might likely mean for you, is that you don't go back to those people that hurt you. Because you have to, it, it, trust with them is probably not possible. But what this does mean is you lean back into the church at large and you lean into this. And, and, and so we lean into this, have this type of environment, which leads me to the next point. For, for us to get this type of community, this type of healing, it doesn't just happen in a service like this or online for those who are joining us online. I mean, I don't want to minimize this. This is a significant step to take to participate in a service. And being a part of a service is a big deal because we are inspired, we are encouraged, we're equipped, and we experience God moving in us and through us when we come together like this. But we can't be vulnerable and transparent and do this for one another in a large environment or online like this. This is why as a church, we are committed together at the Ridge to getting larger and organizing ourselves smaller all at the same time. And here's what I mean by that. 
We want to get larger because we want to bring the hope of Jesus into every home in our community. I mean, we want every single person that we know who lives among us to hear about the, just the love and the hope that Jesus offers us. And so that's what we mean by getting larger. But by getting smaller is we want to organize ourselves in ways that all of us can experience this type of community where we can be vulnerable, transparent, and we can help and heal one another. And at the Ridge, this is primarily done through an environment that we call Ridge Groups. And Ridge Groups are small environments that we organize ourselves in, into where we can experience this type of community, where we can connect together so that we can grow and heal together. And one of my favorite things that we do as a church is Ridge Groups. In fact, uh, my wife and I, we've been hosting a Ridge Group at our home on Wednesday nights for the last uh, several years. And actually, we just kicked off our fall season last night. And, and it was just so cool to be able to be a, a part and just to see everyone again. And over the years, we've just seen God move in so many ways. I mean, we, we've had people from many different stages of faith join us. We've had couples. We've had single people join us. Uh, we, we, we've had people who are engaged, um, married for a long time, some who are on the brink of their marriage ending coming through, through the doors. We've seen people open up the Bible for the very first time in our living room and, and begin to experience healing there. And, and what we began to discover over these years is we've just learned how to be here for one another. I've gone through some tough times, and they've been there for me. They've gone through some tough times. We've been there for them. We, we've had some members of our group baptize other members of our group. We've prayed for healing for, for uh, parents and for kids in our group, and we've seen God move in powerful ways and it's just been an incredible experience as we just get to go on this journey together and be there for one another. I love what we get to do in our Ridge group. And what we experience in my living room each week is something that I want you to be able to experience as well. To experience this type of community where you have someone that you can lean into and they can help heal you because they are covering you and you can help them do the same when they need you. Because remember, we're, we're all broken. We're all messy. But there's just something powerful that God does that when we make the commitment to say, you know what, it's not about me and it's not about you, but it's all of us together. We're gonna come together. We're gonna partner with God. We're gonna partner with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And when we do this together, something powerful just happens. God works in an incredible way where we see healing happen. And for many of us right now, I know we're going through uh, some significant church hurt. Here, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you, just take that step and join a Ridge group and just take a step and move towards this type of healing. You don't have to commit all year. You don't have to commit for, you know, for several years. Just commit to the fall where you say, you know, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to step in this community and I'm going to push towards this type of healing. Some of you right now, you are in a Ridge group and, and, and you're meeting together and, and maybe it, it, you're just started taking some steps to get in a Ridge group and, and maybe you're wondering, well, hey, what, what else can we do? You can make your Ridge group more than just talking about questions about a message or, or some video that you just watched. But you could tell your group, hey, let's move closer to this type of community. What would it be like to experience this type of deep community. Others of you, you're joining us or you're watching online and, and you maybe haven't experienced significant church hurt. Here's what you get to do. You can step in this type of community and there's going to be someone in that group that's going to need you. They're going to need you to do this for them. And you can lower that percentage, that 48% of what, uh, how Christians are viewed hypocritical and judgmental. You can go out of your way to lower that because you're loving them and you're bringing healing to that church hurt. But this is something that we can do together to coach, to spur one another on, to encourage one another. And when we do this, 
we bring healing towards one another. And so in just a moment, uh, you're going to hear about how you can uh, join a, a Ridge group this fall. And again, just commit to this fall and, 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 uh, and then decide what you want to do after that. We're just asking for that short-term commitment and just take the step in to experience healing like this. Uh, before you hear about that, uh, let me pray for us as we commit to joining this community uh, together. And that is God. Um, I pray for those who are just have come here today or have joined online and they're just experiencing and have experienced significant hurt. And God, you know the pain, you know what happened. And God, we are so sorry that it happened. And God, we know that your heart is broken, that it happened as well. But God, you love us so much that you don't want to leave us in our hurt and our pain. You want to bring healing into our lives. And so God, thank you for Jesus and thank you for the church to bring this type of healing in our lives. And so God, I pray for all of us right now who may be nervous about re-engaging because just nervous about the, the pain that could happen again. God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the strength to take the step, to lean in again, to find healing. And God, I pray that you would give it. I pray, God, that you would send the right person, the right follower of Jesus, the right person from this church to encourage them, to listen to them, to hear from them. And God, that you would bring healing through them. And God, for some of us right now, um, we know that we could be that person. I pray, God, that you give us the courage to step outside of ourselves, to live beyond ourselves, and that we would take that step to bring that healing to that person who needs it. Because God, you love us too much to let us live in our pain. And so God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the healing that you offer. And God, we just pray that today would be the first step that we would take and we'd go on this process that you would heal us from this, this church hurt. And God, we would find new life in you and through your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.